Tried any harder. Alt up. Brought to you from Los Angeles, California. California. You are listening to the High Voltage Talk Show, featuring Mike on the mic. By popular demand, you are listening to the first ever episode of the High Voltage Chargers Talk podcast hosted by mike on the mic i am mike and i am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today welcome to the first ever episode of the high voltage podcast you're probably coming from the chargers universe fan page that i created like six months ago and it's slowly built and slowly built because the chargers fan base does exist and share this podcast with as many people as you can to get me started on my first episode to help prove that this fan base does exist, I will put up the numbers and send it to all the Raiders fans, all the Broncos fans, and all the Chiefs fans that talk smack about Chargers fans not existing. I'll show them that we exist, that we that we show up in numbers on this podcast. And that page is going to turn into this podcast's page. Um, if you're not familiar with me, I am my uh, Shawn Michaels, host of the Mike on the Mic Sports Podcast, where I talk all things sports, mostly basketball, mostly football, but I'm also a die-hard Chargers fan. Just give you a little backstory of how I became a Chargers fan. I was raised a 49ers fan. My dad was a huge 49ers fan growing up. Big fan of Steve Young, Joe Montana, and all those guys. Jerry Rice. And into my childhood, I was born in 1997. So, you know, the 49ers sucked for a long period of time. From like 2000 to like 2010. And during that time, that's when I was growing up. So, <laughs> I was watching the 49ers lose and lose and lose and lose. I saw Alex Smith come in kept losing um i just didn't like the 49ers it got to a point where i started to grow up i became my own my own person and i just did not like <laughs> the 49ers uh and one week i changed the channel i was probably eight or nine years old and i changed the channel from the 49er game and there it was Ladanian tomlinson philip rivers antonio gates vincent jackson right then and there i was hooked that was a life-changing moment for me because since then I have been a die-hard Chargers fan to my core and having to change and go against my family and become a Chargers fan also was a mark in my life where I kind of became my own person I kind of started to become my own person and while across the board uh, my family's Dodger fans I'm still a Dodger fan I'm still a Laker fan my family's Laker fans that change is what made me start to become my own person that was not just a copy of my dad I love you dad but I'm a Chargers fan. Sorry. I root for the Chargers. Even when they play the Niners, I root for the Chargers. I'm a huge Chargers fan, and ever since then, I have been a Chargers fan. I followed the Chargers, watched every game, every single week. Some of my favorite games. Let's talk about some of my favorite games before we get into it. If you guys need proof that I am a real diehard Chargers fan. I am 23 years old, so I'm not going to be able to go all the way back to the Drew Brees Chargers. I'm not going to be able to go all the way back to the Dan Fouts Chargers. But games that I watched that were my favorite games. 
LT breaking the record. Obviously, that was one of my favorite games. Um, when we played LT and, and the Jets in the playoffs, that was a fun game. Even though we lost, I loved watching that game. I loved watching LT and the Chargers go at it versus each other. Uh, one of my favorite games, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead is one of my favorite players of all time, and his four-touchdown game is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, the game where we played the 49ers and we were down 35-10 to 10 or something like that at half, and we came back and won. Uh, Eric Weddle stripped uh, Eric Patton, or it was Andre Patton, the 49ers receiver in overtime, got the ball, and we went and scored. That was a Colin Kaepernick 49ers. That was an amazing game for me because that was over my dad's team, and I was getting so much smack talk from all the 49ers fans in my family at halftime. And the Chargers came back and won the game, one of my favorite games of all time. Seeing the Chiefs beat the Chargers at that time, I was stationed overseas. So there wasn't <laughs> a lot to look forward to every day. But watching the Charger games at 2 in the morning, because that's the time difference over there, I got to see the Chargers upset the Chiefs on a two-point conversion by Mike Williams. That is one of my favorite games of all time. The Pittsburgh Steelers win that same season. is one of my favorite games of all time. Overall, huge Chargers fan. So exciting. There's a lot of excitement around the team right now, especially for fans that know all these guys that are balling out. Let's just get into the show. Every week, I'm going to review the game from the past week and my thoughts on that. I'm going to talk about a topic, Chargers-related, and then I'm going to preview the game for the next week. So maybe like 30 minutes, 45 minute episodes each week, and I'm going to get it out to you to enjoy the show. So welcome to the High Voltage Chargers Talk podcast, and let's just get straight into it with the review of last week's game. This guy has deep third, deep third of the field, that means. You can't get deep. Now watch right here. That corner is looking at the quarterback. He's trying to cover him and him. His job is really outside first. I can't believe Herbert. No better way to start off the first ever segment of the High Voltage Chargers Talk podcast than with a review of a rivalry game versus the defending Super Bowl champion. Kansas City Chiefs and let's just start off by saying Justin Herbert wow you're gonna hear his name a lot in this show just giving you a fair warning and I'm sure you're not gonna mind to me ranting about Justin Herbert and how well he did against the Chiefs on Sunday anyways my first thoughts when the game first started was what is Justin Herbert doing in the game in the first place I got so excited I started jumping up and down I was screaming for my wife to hurry up and get into the room so she could see the screen that Justin Herbert was on the field I had no idea why he was on the field at that point I was just excited I thought maybe it was just a surprise start I thought Anthony Lynn just made the call the day before the game or something like that and they're like okay Justin Herbert's gonna start this game and we're not gonna tell anybody and it's gonna work toward our advantage because the Chiefs aren't gonna know how to prepare for us because we're gonna have Justin Herbert versus Tyrod Taylor out there come to find out that Tyrod actually suffered a complication from a injection that the team doctor tried to perform on him to numb pain from uh, injured ribs and the the doctor accidentally punctured one of his lungs very scary situation in hindsight and and thoughts and prayers out to Tyrod Taylor. Hopefully he makes a full recovery. It's looking like he's going to be out for a while. That's a scary, that's a scary situation. Kind of like when uh, Keenan a couple of years ago when he lacerated his kidney. Just like a weird freak thing to happen. And the Chargers are super unlucky with stuff like that. And it sucks for Tyrod. I really like, like Tyrod. I think you guys can all agree. Tyrod's a great leader on the team. And it's too bad I didn't start this podcast before. I would talk a lot about Tyrod during hi- hard knocks and 
how impressed I was by his leadership and his work ethic and, and everything that went into it. You could tell this man is a veteran's veteran, and this is why he's been in this league for so long and why he's going to be in this league for, for years to come. He's just been unlucky. He's been so unlucky over his career. Think about what happened with Baker. Think about what happened in Buffalo. He kind of brought that team from the ashes, and then they go and get Josh Allen, and they get rid of him. Man, Tyrod's a great guy, and he's a great player. And I don't care what all of y'all say. I know everyone wants Justin Herbert to start. It's probably real tough on Tyrod to see the media going crazy and demanding that Justin Herbert starts and just kind of writing him off completely. And he can't do anything about it because he's going to be injured for a while. I don't think you want to risk damaging your lungs or ribs any further than it's already damaged. Probably for the rest of the season, we may see Tyrod back towards the end of the year. Hopefully. Thoughts and prayers to Tyrod. T's and P's, as Pat McAfee would say. T's and P's, T's and P's. Moving on, let's get a little less gloomy. We're rooting for Tyrod. We're rooting for Tyrod to get back out there. Justin Herbert. Let's talk about Justin Herbert. He looked great out there in that game. The first thing I noticed about him on that first drive was how poised he looked. And he drove down the field and scored the touchdown. He ran the touchdown. And he took a big hit in the end zone, which I think should have been called a late hit, but they didn't call it. Whatever. The rest missed other calls for us and against us throughout the game. But overall, Justin Herbert showed how calm and he looked like he was having fun out there. And that was the best thing uh, that we didn't see with Tyrod in week one. I know Tyrod's a real stoic guy. He's a real serious guy. But you could tell that Justin Herbert was having a blast playing football for his team. Such a good time. Our defense looked amazing. We're talking about our defense. Our defense looked amazing. Our pass rush looked dominant smacking Patrick Mahomes the whole first half of the game uncanned you know what I mean they did it in week one against Joe Burrow too it's unstoppable the defensive line is getting to the quarterback just about every single play one thing I will say is that one we got tired the defense got tired at the end of the game maybe Anthony Lynch should consider um, not working their butts off to start the game off We're, we're really deep at D-line. We're really deep at the secondary, so we can definitely sub in and rotate guys in. I'm going to talk about Desmond King a little bit later in the show and his situation, but we really we have the depth to rotate and keep guys fresh for the end of the game, and that would have been a difference maker in this game if Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram were fresh for the end of that game. Linval Joseph, Jerry Tillery, I mean, these guys were fresh for the end of the game. It might have been a different story coming into the fourth quarter in overtime, and the Chiefs making that comeback. That's kind of what they do. They wait for you to get tired, and then they go crazy with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and company. Another thing we need to make sure we focus on this week, especially with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I'm going to go over this a little bit more, but last week we really struggled at stopping the quarterback running the ball. That third and 20 was pathetic, and it gave me flashbacks of a Raven game from a few years ago where we gave up a fourth and 30 or something like that to the Ravens on like a little screen pass. Patrick Mahomes just ran straight up the middle, and there was no one there. Um, the Chargers really need to game plan for Teddy Bridgewater and not allow that to happen. But overall, great defensive performance. He held the Super Bowl champs. Guys are going to score 30 points in their sleep to 23, and it took getting to overtime and hitting three 60-yard fillers in a row to get to 23. So overall, great performance by the defense. Offense needs to make sure we get this W this week. Justin did make some mistakes on offense. I mean, we could look at it. He overthrew Hunter Henry a couple times. He underthrew Mike Williams at what could have been a touchdown. Tyron Matthew barely got his hand in there. Uh, he overthrew Keenan, one of the out routes. Just a few mistakes, and they just happened to be on third down, so they're kind of highlighted. Um, I definitely marked them down and said, okay, well, we'll see if he approves on that next week, if he can make sure he makes those those easy throws, because some of those were real easy throws. But in the same breath, he also made some plays that Tyrod wouldn't have made. I mean, it's just plain and simple. That that throw to Keenan Allen over the middle, Tyrod wouldn't even thrown that ball. I guarantee you Tyrod wouldn't even thrown it. 
And he hit in between two DBs, hit Keenan Allen in stride as he dove for the ball. What a, what a throw. What a throw. And while he was getting murdered by Chris Jones on top of it all. So showed great poise. And overall, the offense just had more spark with Justin Herbert versus with Tyrod Taylor. Just so much more spark. You could see it. The energy was completely different. Austin Eckler did way better this game. He had more opportunities. You could tell the Chiefs had to back off a little bit after that first drive with Herbert. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit, we need to back up. This guy is a real deal. He's slinging. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you could see Justin Herbert's arm talent and how it affects the defense. The defense has to back up, giving Joshua Kelly, giving Austin Eckler, and even Herbert himself room to move around, room to run, and <laughs> room to not be smothered by this defense, which in week one it just seemed like, the, the Bengals were just like, we're stopping the run, so you got to throw. We're forcing you to throw it, Tyrod. Unfortunately, we barely squeaked that game out. We shouldn't even won that game. We should be 0-2 right now. Justin Herbert definitely gives us a better chance to win, in my opinion, than Tyrod does. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be an exciting season, and I, I'm excited to see this game. Even though we lost, overall, we learned a lot about of our young players and how great they actually are. He hit the ground looking for a flag. There is none. Run back. And it's a good one by King. He broke one last year against Pittsburgh. And he's going to go the distance. So for the first time, I think, since Anthony Lynn's been the coach of the Chargers, there is a player-coach kind of issue, kind of a little bit of drama, and it's with Desmond King. And going into this year, there's a lot of question marks with Desmond King just because we picked up Chris Harris Jr. in the offseason. And that kind of left Desmond King on the outs as far as playing time. We didn't really know what Desmond King's role was going to be on the team. A lot of us speculated he would go and replace Derwin James ended up being Rayshon Jenkins, who just got hurt this last week. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, too. What was Desmond King going to do? He's not slot corner anymore. Chris Harris is clearly playing more slot corner than Desmond is. I've seen Casey Hayward and Michael Davis outside. I thought maybe Desmond could move outside. So I don't know what they're going to do with Desmond King, but Desmond King lashed out this week. and That's the best way to describe it. He lashed out on Twitter and called out the coaching staff, called out the Chargers, and said, I'm not getting enough playing time. I'm not getting enough playing time. I'm one of the best corners in this league, and I'm not getting enough playing time. I ain't no special teamer. I ain't no just a punt returner. I do much more than that. That's what he's basically saying. Um, in one of his tweets, he said at the end, I'll continue to do my job, but I'm going to need answers real soon. I'm sure him and Anthony Lynn have had a one-on-one conversation. Anthony Lynn is a player's coach, in my opinion. I think Anthony Lynn probably handled this already. But Anthony Lynn came out to the media, and he said he was disappointed in Desmond King, disappointed that he took it outside the locker room and didn't just pay him a visit to his office. And I'm a little disappointed myself. I mean, I know Desmond King's trying to make a statement. He's in a contract year and he's not getting the playing time he was getting last year. And he balled out last year and he balled out the year before. He's a third round pick that is basically self-made himself, right? He, he was a third round pick a couple years ago out of Iowa. One of the better picks we've picked in the last couple of years. And he's a great corner. He's a great DB. He's very versatile. He can do a multitude of things. He has a really wide skill set. So he's basically saying, man, I'm on a contract year. I need to play because <laughs> even if I'm not a charger next year, I need to make my money. This is my money time. This, this, this is my time in my life where I make my money for all the hard work I put in. And I understand where Desmond's coming from. But at the same time, the defense played amazing last week. Without Desmond King playing that much, do you want to mess with it? I don't know. Desmond King might get traded. He might get traded around the trade deadline. We'll see what happens with with the Chargers, and if they incorporate him more now that Rayshon Jenkins is out also, I believe we signed Jalil Die. He's going to be on the practice squad for now. But I assume he's eventually going to make his way over and probably play in that strong city position 
as we uh, he's a tenacious guy. I liked Jaleel Dye when he was playing. I don't know if he still got the same juice he had back then, but he used to hit the crap out of people. Holy smokes, he's a big hit in safety. Ken Desmond King now with Rayshon out. It's a very unfortunate injury. I'm a real big Rayshon Jenkins fan. I feel like he balled out last year, showed us that he has some promise to help out in this secondary, that he is not just a role player. He's going to be a main player in this secondary. I want him to play free safety with Adderley backing him up, but because of Derwin James' injury, he had to move over to strong safety, and now he's injured. So maybe Desmond King's going to move up to strong safety now. I mean, maybe it's finally going to happen. He's going to have to start there if he does because we don't really have anyone else to go over to strong safety unless they move Adderley over to strong. And put Desmond King up top. But I feel like Desmond King's a really solid tackler. Even in the limited playing time he had, I saw him make a couple great tackles on Sunday. So I think that putting him at strong safety, a position where he's got to come into the box, a position where he's got to drop off, a position where he's got to cover tight ends, it's perfect for, for Desmond. It's kind of like a slot corner that has to make more tackles and play a little deeper. So I think Desmond King will be fine. Let's put him at strong safety. Let's satisfy him for his playing time, get him his stats. Get him some film to, to put towards his contract year, even if we're not planning on signing him, which I don't think we are, considering the contracts we've given out already to Keenan Allen, to Joey Bosa, Chris Harris just got signed, uh, Austin Eckler just got signed. I mean, it's not looking too promising for, for Desmond King to get his contract. Melvin Ingram is also a free agent, so it might come between those two. I don't know what's going to happen with both of those contract situations. We have a lot of guys to sign. We still got to sign Hunter Henry, and that's a big one. We obviously got to keep Hunter Henry on this team. So we'll see what happens with Desmond King in the future. But as of right now, I think he should move up to strong safety. I think they should play him at strong safety in Rayshon's spot, in Derwin James' spot, and he's going to thrive there. He thrives everywhere he goes. He's a hard worker. He's a great player, and he's going to thrive there. That's my thought on Desmond King. Go check out the Instagram page. I'm about to change the handle. It is Chargers Universe as of right now. I'm going to change it to whatever this podcast is going to be called. I don't know if the name is going to be available. So I don't know what the exact handle is going to be. But if you're already following that page, you probably got sent here from that page. Go back to that page and let me know what you think we should do with the Desmond King situation, whether we should trade him, um, let him play his contract out, put him at strong safety, uh, put him in the, at corner maybe for Michael Davis. Michael Davis is balling too. Our secondary is so stacked, man. It's so stacked and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing for the guys like Desmond King. Anyways, let's move on to the preview of this week's game versus the Carolina Panthers. To be alive, you and yours, versus me and mine. Are we talking teams? Are we talking teams? Are you switching sides? Wanna come with me? What a time to be alive for Chargers fans. Think about what happened last year, right? We lost our, our all-time great quarterback, Phillip Rivers, to free agency. And now here we are in the next season with so many question marks. And our rookie QB just balled out against the defending Super Bowl champs. How promising is that? How exciting is it to be a Chargers fan right now? How exciting is it to see this young kid go out there and play on such short notice and play the way he did? I am so pumped for this game this weekend. There's a lot to, to, to watch for. There's a lot of excitement to witness on that field. And you're going to see this team really start to get behind this kid throughout this season, in my opinion. Like I said in the beginning of the show, very unfortunate what happened to Tyrod. I would never wish it on him, and I'm not happy that it happened at all. I, I wish Tyrod was, was healthy, and I wish we were playing with Tyrod. Well, I mean, I like Justin Herbert being in the game. I wish Tyrod was healthy, and I wish he was out there. Man, I wish he was dressed, and I wish he was okay. But, you know, what happened happened, and next man up, and it's Justin Herbert, and he's going to do great things, in my opinion. So let's talk about the Panthers Week 3 matchup. Of course, going over the news to start it off, we do not have Tyrod Taylor for this 
game. I, I highly doubt he's going to play much this the rest of the season, maybe towards the very end of the season or if we do get into the playoffs. No Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. That's the big injury for them. I know they suffered some other injuries, but I think everyone is, is set to play except for Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, when you look at that, Christian McCaffrey is their team. He is their offense. He is their end-all, be-all. As good as Teddy Bridgewater is, Christian McCaffrey is the biggest threat on that team, on both sides of the ball. So him being out does help the Chargers. I've never wished an injury on anyone, but like Anthony Lynn said, he loves the player. But is he going to miss seeing Christian McCaffrey out there? No, we're not going to miss seeing Christian McCaffrey out there against us, at least, in the short term. The weapons that are left to worry about, guys like Teddy Bridgewater, who can move around in the pocket and can get loose, scrambling the ball, something that we struggled with against Patrick Mahomes last week. And Joe Burrow, actually, the week before that. We gave a big runs to the quarterbacks back-to-back weeks. So we need to focus this week, teaching our linebackers to stay home in their, in their coverage. And once you see that quarterback come out of there, go get him. Go get him and take him out. <laughs> you need to hit him hard. Hit him hard. Hit him like you guys are hitting him in the backfield when you get back there for a sack. Hit him like that when he comes running out of the pocket thinking he's going to pick up a first down. Other weapons to worry about, Robbie Anderson. Big playability when you see what happened with Tyreek Hill last week. That one play... That one play that we gave up, big pass to Tyreek Hill, that's kind of what Robbie Anderson's uh, bread and butter is. His go-to is that big play. So we need to make sure we're staying focused throughout the entire game because he'll pop one off if you don't stay focused. And DJ Moore, who just, in my opinion, is all around a really good receiver. And he can definitely be a weapon on that offense, something that, that they might go to a little bit more now that Christian McCaffrey's out. Mike Davis is replacing him. I haven't seen very much of Mike Davis in his career. We'll see how he does in McCaffrey's spot, but I do not expect to see Mike Davis get the workload that McCaffrey got. So look to see him throw the ball a little more this week, even though Teddy Bridgewater is the game manager quarterback. A lot of similarities to Teddy and Tyrod. What a game would have been if it would have been Tyrod versus Teddy and just punt, 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 punt. And whoever's defense gets a pick six wins. I mean, that's, 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 that's what we would have been looking at if Tyrod was in this game against Teddy. So let's look at some of the keys to win this game. Our defense, we can neutralize this Panthers offense, especially without Christian McCaffrey on it. We just need to focus on stopping the QB scrambles. Like I said, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get loose. He's going to run around. He's going to make sure that he gives time for his receivers to get downfield. And he's going to take off for a few. We cannot give up these third and fives to the quarterback. It's happened back-to-back weeks now. We cannot be giving up third and fives to a quarterback scramble. we got to figure out a way to stop that. That, that is a big deal, and I know the Panthers are seeing that on film, and they're, that's going to be in the back of Teddy Bridgewater's head the entire game, ready to go on those third and, and medium plays to sneak out the backfield and pick up the first down with his legs. We, we definitely have to focus on that. Let's look at Herbert. How do I think Herbert will do against the Panthers? Well, the Panthers' defense has been struggling. The Panthers' defense has been struggling to stop anything, to be honest. They've given up big points to both Tom Brady and Derek Carr in the previous two weeks. They easily move the ball downfield. And overall, the, the defense just really give them that much of a struggle. And I, I expect the Panthers' defense to be good usually, but the loss of Luke Keekley is definitely showing now in this season. They need a defense. That's kind of Teddy Bridgewater's theme. Have a good defense. He'll manage the game for you. They don't really have a good defense right now, so it's just not working out for the Panthers. Herbert should show improvement decision-making-wise, in my opinion. I think that having a full week to prepare for this defense, he isn't going to make that bonehead mistake of throwing across the field into double coverage instead of just walking for the first down. You know his QB coach, you know our QB coach, you know the offense coordinator, they're both getting on his ass right now about that play, and they're telling him this better not happen again or we might see some Eason stick in the game. It's not a benchable offense, but it is something where it's just like you're a professional quarterback now. You don't do those. This isn't college. That might have worked, 
you know, in the Rose Bowl, but they don't work here. These are different kinds of athletes. Same thing with the D line. I've seen that with Joe Burrow a lot too. You see Joe Burrow trying to spin move in the in the pocket <laughs> to avoid D linemen, and he just gets blown up like he ran into a train. You can't do that in the NFL. The D linemen are just as athletic as you, or even more athletic than you. So you, Justin Herbert has to realize that, especially when he's facing NFL caliber secondaries. If you have the first down, and there's even any coverage downfield. Take your first down, man, and let's move on. That wasn't going to be a touchdown even if he completed that pass. If it would have went incomplete, we would have been very lucky. Unfortunately for us, it got intercepted, so it got highlighted a little bit more, and it was in the red zone. But I don't think he's going to make those mistakes this week. You're going to see his decision-making improve, having a full week to prepare for this defense. Another big thing we're going to see is these Panthers now have two weeks of film on the Chargers' young team, guys like Joshua Kelly. Guys like Reed returning. He looks electric returning the ball. We'll see if he can get in at receiver a little more as the season progresses. Guys like Kenneth Murray at linebacker who started almost every snap, and he's playing very well at linebacker. Very surprising to see him get that much playing time consistently. Guys like Nasir Adderley and Jerry Tillery. Those guys are basically rookies. I mean, they're, they're playing for the first time because of injuries. These guys are all overperforming right now, in my opinion. They're playing very well. I expected to see a lot more hiccups from these guys. You know, guys like Justin Herbert, too. And to see them balling out like this, the Panthers have a chance to adjust to it. Now they have some film. They know what everyone's strengths are. And I'm just excited to see how Justin Herbert and the rest of this rookie slash sophomore core that is kind of balling out right now, how they respond, how they adjust to a defense adjusting to them. It's a big deal. I was talking to my dad about this uh, earlier in the week. He was saying Justin Herbert, they should start Tyrod because Justin Herbert is not ready. Justin Herbert's a rookie. He needs to develop, sit behind, and develop. Well, now that Justin Herbert is thrown into the fray, every week is a lesson to be learned. Every single game is a lesson to be learned. And that's what this Panthers game is. Justin Herbert is going to see the defense. Joshua Kelly is going to see the defense when he's in the game. Adjust to him being in the game. And it's a great learning lesson and good to see how these young players react to that. Because they're known to be the underdogs, right? When Justin Herbert came into that Chiefs game, I guarantee you the Chiefs had no idea what was about to happen. When Joshua Kelly popped off at that Bengals game, I guarantee you the Bengals were not ready for that. Now the defenses are ready. So let's see how our young guys respond to a game plan being formed to stop them. That's what I'm excited to see, and it's going to be a great lesson for all these young guys, especially Justin Herbert, to see the Panthers adjust to him. And how he counters that counter. You know what I mean? Because that, that's what makes the great quarterback. You see what the defense is doing to counter your gameplay, your style of play. And you do something unpredictable that they're not ready for. And I, I'm excited to see that from Justin Herbert this week. He has a full week to prepare. It's going to be a great week. Overall, the Chargers should be able to handle the Panthers. Our defense is going to destroy them as <laughs> if they can't get the ground game going. And now they don't have Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if they're going to be able to get the ground game going. See what we did in the first half to the Chiefs last week. And that crazy offense compared to this not-so-crazy offense, I think the Chargers have zero issues shutting the Panthers down throughout the game, really. And I think Anthony Lynn's going to do a better job at keeping his guys fresh into the fourth quarter. I know he probably definitely saw that on film when he get into overtime with the Kansas City Chiefs and your D lineman, your entire starting defensive line has to come out of the game on third down versus the defending Super Bowl champs. That's, that was ridiculous. So there you go. I think that the, the Chargers will be able to handle the Panthers. Offensively, I think we're going to move the ball just fine. We're going to run the ball well on them. We're going to throw the ball well on them. We're just going to have overall a good game. The Chargers will be 2-1 and one after this week. Mark my words. 27-17 to 17, Chargers win. That's my prediction. 
Justin Herbert runs for another touchdown, throws for two more. Austin Eckler has a big day, probably one of the receiving touchdowns. And we just overall just dominate the Panthers this weekend. I'm excited for it. Thanks for tuning into the first episode of the High Voltage Podcast. It's going to be fun to do this. I'm going to do it weekly. Every Saturday, you're going to see episodes drop. So if you want to just stop for a second, whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., hit follow. That is a big deal because then it will alert you when I drop another episode. So you can come and listen. I'm going to drop episodes every Saturday. If you want to mark it down on your calendar, let's go check out the page. It's going to come out Saturday morning. So you have the whole day of Saturday to listen to the game review and the game preview for the next day. On a week where we have Thursday Night Football, or I'm going to drop it on Wednesday because I care that much about you guys and the listeners. Let me know what you think of the first episode. Any tweaks, anything, you can hit me up at Mike on the Mike Pod as of right now. I'm just going to go with that because that, that already exists. Hit me up and tell me what you guys think of this show because I want to improve it for the Chargers fans. There's <laughs> We're a minority in the NFL. We need to stick together. I want to make this show perfect for your ears to consume and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on the High Voltage Chargers Talk podcast.